Hello and welcome. My name is Christopher Chandler. And my name is Chris Shower. And, and we, we are, are Generally, generally American. American. In our podcast, we discuss events, culture, whatever else we want from a generally American perspective. From our differing viewpoints, our goal is that we can offer others and ourselves nuanced opinions on fascinating topics related to the U.S. We invite you to be part of the discussion, and we hope that you'll stick around to see where the conversation takes us. So let's dive in. And we're live. <laughs> and we're back. Yeah. <laughs> there may there may be just an ever so slight gap in our release schedule uh, since the last one, but it, it shouldn't be too bad. I, I was hoping we were going to be able to do three episodes this month because we have that many weekends, but unfortunately I got sick. <laughs> uh, I just got COVID, so... Yeah, and uh, we weren't going to force Chris to sit through and uh, half-conscious, half-lucid <laughs> <laughs> start talking. It was, cra- it was crazy because I, cause people were like, oh, the pandemic is over, which to me is such a weird statement because, okay, maybe it's over, but that doesn't mean that like the disease is gone. You know, it's still there. Um, so people were like, well, how did you get it? Like, the pandemic is over. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I think we got it from the circus. <laughs> My wife and I went to a circus. And I think that's where we caught it. Uh, was the circus worth it? Yeah. I don't know if it was worth me being sick for 10 days. But the circus was definitely worth it. Um, but I, because I'm pretty stubborn for anyone who knows me. So I'm super stubborn. So I assumed it was just like a, a really bad head cold. Um, but I had like a, a hundred degree something fever <laughs> and I had shivers and everything. And my wife was like, oh, you should probably get that checked out. I was like, nah, it's just the cold. Like, I'm not going to go to the doctor for a cold. And she said, no, no, it's, 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 I don't think it's a cold. And looking back, like a cold, that was never this bad, but I just was really stubborn. And, uh... Yeah, I, then I did, like, a like the test, like, because you can buy those from, like, the supermarket and whatnot, and it was positive. <laughs> so, did you take two? Yeah, I did, like, four. <laughs> oh, so, I was going to say, when I was testing myself, I always did at least two. Yeah, I did one, and then the next day I did another, and then, like, I progressively test, and the test got weaker and weaker. So you can see how, um, how thick the stripes are will tell you like how infectious you are. So if the stripe is pretty bright red, then you have a high concentration. And if it's very weak, then you have a very low concentration of like the virus. So you can kind of like track the like your infection, so to speak. But yeah, and so I just slept and uh, laid in bed for like seven days and slept like 10, 12 hours. Oh my gosh. Well, was it at least good weather to be sick for? Yeah, so the, like the weather, honestly, yeah. So I was really mad because the weather here is, well, was beautiful. So now we're getting up to like the 60s and 70s. Um, it's, you know, it feels like spring, more or less. Uh, which, funny enough, I thought it was my allergies too. So I thought it was a combination of like my allergies and cold because those are similar symptoms. But I was like, there's no way <laughs> my allergies are this bad. But how's weather been where you are? Well, it's a, 
it's early Montana spring, so that usually means there's one or two unbelievably nice days to kind of have us let our guard down. Mm-hmm. And then it gets like, you know, then it, what usually happens for April is it's kind of cold, 50s, 60s for highs. It gets around freezing or below every night. There's going to be a snow here or there. It didn't stick, but we had we had a day of like normal rain, and it was like, wow, this is amazing. This is so nice. And then the next two days, it just snowed sideways. <laughs> uh, it was too warm for it to stick, but it just snowed for like two days. So May is usually when it actually gets mm-hmm. for real nice. So we're we're getting there. Is like the like the area where you live? Is it relatively flat? Y- yes, it is. Oh, okay. It's very, very windy, too. Huh. Like, I think uh, I think I've said this before, but I believe I read Billings is windier than Chicago. Yeah, that's right. And Chicago is known as the Windy City. Yeah, it's it's pretty hilly where I live. <laughs> no, the snow, the snow never sticks here. I don't think we're going to get any snow for another, oh, maybe like six, seven, eight months or something. But... Um, but yeah, so that's where we've been for the past couple weeks, <laughs> just yeah. here and there. So I get a lot of questions about the school system in the U.S. And the school system, I don't think it's that complicated in terms of like how, structure, how it's structured compared to other countries. But um, Chris and I want to focus on higher education. So, like, what you do after high school. Um, so, there are ma- many different forms. Community college, college, university, vocational school. Uh, and so, we're going to touch on that today. So, starting off with you, like, did you go to college or community college or, like, a vocational school or anything? So I went twice. Uh, so I graduated high school in 2012, and I, you know, so I just went right into it, mm-hmm. and I took some generals. I I think I. So I went to the Montana State University of Billings, which is you know just the local, the local college here that a lot of people go to, and. I, I just think I, I wasn't ready for it. I actually, I had to take, uh, not, not a placement exam, but like a, um, some, some sort of, ent- some sort of like, uh, qualifying exam, I guess, just to see what they wanted you to take and what you could test out of. Mm-hmm. And I ended up testing out of everything as much as I could. It was hilarious because it was the summer and you know, 18-year-old me couldn't manage a sleep schedule to save my life. <laughs> so I uh, didn't sleep the night before. Uh, I showed up. I, I bought a f- my first ever five-hour energy. I was barely conscious. I look horrible in my first student ID photo because that's when they took it. And I just crushed those tests. But then uh, I personally was not ready for university. I had a very hard time... Uh, showing up every day and doing the work i so uh, that's how it worked for me you you touched on a couple interesting points i want to pedal back a little bit you said like generals so could you i i think most people don't know what that means 
Right. So for a traditional four-year degree, there's usually a set-aside amount of credits required uh, to go towards general education. So no matter what you're studying, they're going to make sure you have a baseline knowledge of like uh, English, math, and usually some sort of social study, a lot, of, a lot of times history. So you have to get through all of that before to, to get your degree. So if you wanted to do, you know, a mathematics degree and you take all these math classes, but you, have, you refuse to take your, your base level uh, English credit, then they're not going to give you that degree. The idea of it is that they don't want to... They want people who graduate to be well-rounded, mm. educated individuals. Uh, I think our generation has become much more cynical to it, and we just see it as them squeezing money out of us for things that is not relevant to our career path. I, I don't hate the idea. I really don't. If college didn't cost you know an absurd amount of money i think it's a fantastic idea but it just seems like price gouging these days yeah um yeah that's a really good way to sum up the sum up generals so in my case i went to uh community college for about a year year and a half uh i don't know why (laughs) um i'm sure it was the same with you but when i was growing up it was Go to school. Um, if you want to have like a good life after high school, you should go to some kind of like college or university. And for me, the the logical choice was community college. For most people, I think community college is the the best option. One, like they're everywhere. Two, they're not terribly expensive uh, compared to like universities. Um, and three, it's a great place to do your generals. So I was doing my generals, math, history, English, social studies. Uh, I think I took Spanish too. I think everyone takes Spanish in college. Um, what? Yeah. What? (laughs) You didn't take Spanish? I don't even know. I don't even know if it was offered. Oh, it might. It was. (laughs) Yeah, I took Spanish and most people. So if you're smart. What you'll do is you'll take your, like, generals at a cheap college, so in my case, a community college, and then you'll just transfer. So most people would go to, like, St. Louis Community College, and then they would transfer to Lindenwood or Mizzou, because it's just so much cheaper. You can do your generals at the university, but, like, as Chris said, like, you're paying a boatload of money. And the difference could be, like, huge. So um, there's no point spending an entire semester at a university doing, like, entry-level classes uh, from, like a, a, like, a cost perspective. Yeah, and, and again, I feel like our generation and younger is so cynical about it that we, we get very upset at it being a whole process. And then, uh, what, and kind of the other side of it, more vocationally schools. So I, I, uh, went to, there's, I, I guess it is still Montana State University of Billings, but, uh, uh, there is a different campus here in town that's more focused on vocational things. And though they focus on two year degrees and they're focused on like, Hey, we're not here to waste your time. We're going to treat you like, you know, 
professionals training for a job and we're going to get you back out into the workforce. Uh, even they have like a very, very baseline of generals, but it's like very low level English. Um, I don't even think there's a math class because almost all the degrees have some kind of math in them uh, that you're not going to pass if you can't do. Actually, no, I think you did have to pass a basic... From 10, it was just like from a, a decade ago, though I had tested out of it, so I didn't have to take it. One interesting thing that I really stand by that they did is they force everybody for every degree to take a communication class. Oh, I remember that. I had that too. Uh, yeah, communication class. <laughs> but why do you it, stand uh, by that? It's super, va- it's so valuable. Maybe it's just because what I do for a living is communication now. Mm-hmm. Uh, my. My, the only thing that makes me a professional is that I can talk to people in an effective manner and not, you know, be super unpleasant to talk to. Like, I can vouch for that. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's simple stuff like stuff. I, I would never have, like, I wasn't trained on any of this by my job. I wasn't told here's how to answer the phone. Here's how to do this. Here's how to, you know, talk to people. But like when I pick up the phone, I'm like. Hi, this is Chris with so and so. Pretty pretty simple, you know, yeah. we picked up the phone, you know what company I'm with. There are so many like huge companies I call and it's just hello. <laughs> and I'm like, "Hi, can I speak with Bob? This is Bob." <laughs> and then when I just guess, I'm like, "Hey Bob, it's Chris. Like this isn't Bob. Let me transfer you." <laughs> it's I I will I will go to bat for communication until I die. It is I don't care what field you're in. I don't care if you're just a plumber, contractor. Like, just being able to talk with people and not be the worst, it's it's amazing. Yeah, I think I think you touched on a good point. So, soft, so I guess that would fall under the category of, like, soft skills. So, like, um, being able to interact with people on, on a human level is definitely an ability that is not really... It's under... I would say it's undervalued um, in our, like technologically driven society where you have where people value you know being able to program or like being a plumber or an electrician but knowing how to talk to people is something that is not really you don't know that you're missing it until it's gone (laughs) yeah and and it's invaluable and i don't even really consider myself that much of a social person like i'm not good at it but it's just like really baseline Really baseline things that I think everyone should have. An interesting point about the about the generals. I don't know why I didn't mention this before. So in like Germany, you don't have those. Like you don't have like general class. So what you you do what's called like a, a, an Abitur, or in England or in Canada, I believe they refer to them as like A levels. So basically, it's you do like from an American perspective, it's basically you do your high school degree. And then you take an ACT, so or an SAT, and that's pretty much the equivalent of like doing your generals in like Germany, for example. So once you leave high school, you don't have to do that at like uh, at the university or at like a vocational school. So they don't really. You can for some degrees, you might have to take like some classes um, to be more well-rounded but it's not really like important and you have a lot more flexibility. 
so in my case, because I studied French and linguistics, I just took a bunch of language classes. I took like six or seven languages and that went towards my general. So it's like, it's a general, but you can push it towards your degree. So it's not as like useless. I don't think Germans see this as being cynical because it's not really like a money factor. So you don't pay that much for university over here. Right. And, and you know, and it, and again, like, just to make it clear, I'm not anti-education. I am not anti-learning for the sake of learning. I think that's very valuable. Even just learning something you'll never use again in your life, the more practice you have mm -hmm. of learning how to learn will serve you um, your entire life. It's just, do I think it's worth X thousand dollars per class I won't use in the future? Then I'm going to say no. That's definitely true. I think there's a lot of hostility, especially in the U.S., towards, I don't know, the intelligent elite, if you want to call them that, or people who go to college, because they view it as an overpriced system that takes advantage of young people, and it doesn't really provide any value that you couldn't get on your own. So we're living in a very good time in history, I would say, from the perspective of knowledge. So you, we have so much access to so much knowledge. Like anyone with like a library card has access to more information than someone did two, 300 years ago. And now with the internet, even more. So you, there's no need to go to college, but I do think that college provides you with a good way of how to learn and networking. <laughs> I think that's probably the only reason people go to college anymore is to network. Um, because half the stuff you learn there, you're going to forget anyway. But if you make good connections, then those can last a lifetime. And that's generally how you get a good job anyway. It's not like I'm super smart. It's you, I know the right people. And that's how you kind of work your way up. Well, even if you forget it, if it's something you have to relearn... Um... It's it's not that hard to relearn something you've forgotten. Those memories are in there somewhere. You just gotta, you know, shake the rust off. It'll be easier the second time, that's for sure. Oh, that's definitely that's definitely true. Um, by the way, so did you take the ACT or SAT? Oh man, so I actually I actually retold this story fairly recently to some friends. Okay. It's probably the most embarrassing <laughs> thing I've ever done in my life. And uh, is very teenage Chris. So when I took the ACT, it was at like 7 a.m. on a Saturday. And I, and you know, I was in high school and I struggled in high school so much. Like I fell asleep, and this is not intentional. Mm -hmm. I fell asleep in classes. I would literally be staring at the clock every day like, God, I just want to go home and go to sleep. So I was always so tired. Uh, and they made me take the ACT. ACT 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning when I normally would, you know, be sleeping as long as possible. I fell asleep in the ACT. <laughs> and it is horrible. That's crazy. Uh, I, I have a friend that's a teacher. They do ACTs during school days now, so that's far less likely to happen. Not that that's the reason why they're doing it. I'm sure most people don't fall asleep during the most important test of their life, but here we are. Yeah, so for so for those who don't know, 
uh, and I had to Google this because I don't remember the meanings. So SAT is the Scholastic Aptitude Test, and the ACT is the American College Testing, is what, what those things stand for. And basically, um, if you want to get to into any college or any university or community college in the U.S., you have to have a score from one of these two tests. So you have to either take the ACT or the SAT. And the, it's not expensive. I think I paid like 30 bucks. You know what you paid? Uh, probably something along those lines. I don't think it was crazy. Yeah, so it's not like super expensive. But it's, I don't know if I would say it's like a really hard test. Like if you paid attention in high school and you study a little bit, then you can get a good score. But if you don't have a good score, then you don't get into a good school. And I was, so for my ACT, I was really naive. So I heard that, like, because high school's coming to a close, and I have to go to university, and they want me to have, like, an ACT score. And I was like, okay, I have no idea what this is, but I'll take the test. And I figured, because my, my, my grades in school were, were okay, but I figured anything that I learned in high school will definitely appear on the ACT. So I should just take it right now, where everything's fresh, and I'll get a good score. Um, that couldn't have been further from the truth. <laughs> so I took I took the test, and it it had like a whole bunch of stuff about like geography and science and like English stuff that we had never even done in high school. Like this had never even come up in our curriculum, and I got like a really bad grade, and I was so embarrassed. <laughs> And so, what was there a written portion? I think so. I think in English, and I think for some, there's also a Spanish portion if you do like a foreign language, and um, but don't quote me on that. And I was really sad, so I took the test again, and I think like four months later, and my score only improved by like a couple points. And it was still really bad. And what was really funny is when you when I was filling out the form online. I was able to, like, put in the universities that should receive my grades automatically. So you can, like, enter your, like, your top five universities and they'll get your degree, they'll get your grades. And I put in uh, a university and then I got a letter from them. And they're like, hey, like, well, we saw you, you, saw you took the ACT. Uh, do you want to come down and, like, have an interview with us? I was like, this is really weird because my grade was so bad there was no way they were going to take me. And I was like, okay, maybe they're just being nice. And so I go down for like an interview. And at the end of the interview, because I'm so stupid, I was like, but I don't understand like why you guys invited me. Like my grades aren't like good enough for this school. And the lady looked at the computer and she's like, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> and so I was, I was so bad. But... But yeah, so you have to have one of these two grades if you want to study, I guess, as an American. I don't know if this is true for, like, out-of-state or, like, out-of-country students, though. I don't know if that applies. But Yeah, I have no idea. And and honestly, I don't think it's, one, I don't think it's as big of a deal as it used to be in our time. Mm. And two, uh, I, I cannot remember the name of it, but I think there is another test that's kind of been coming oh. coming along recently. Which, by the way, um, I cannot remember the name of it, uh, but let me know if this sounds familiar. This was probably in the mid-2000s, early mid-2000s. 
there was a movie about the SAT. It was a heist movie. Oh yeah. So it was all, yeah. I it was that. all these kids who are so frustrated. Like, it doesn't matter who I am. It doesn't matter, you know, what skills I have in life. The number I get on this SAT is what's going to determine whether or not I can live out my dreams or not. So they get all these kids together, and they're gonna like steal the SAT score uh, answers. Oh, I so um I do remember this, and I did I did watch it as a as a kid. The name of the movie is The Perfect Score. Yes, The Perfect Score. That was it. I remember... The only thing I remember is what they jokingly referred to the SAT as. Uh, I th- it says here they have like something called like an, uh, an ETS, uh, an educational testing service. Oh, okay. No, that's the, the place. I don't remember what they referred to it as, but... I do remember the movie, but it, it's from 2004, so it's it's kind yeah, of it, it was it was the suck ass test. Oh, okay. They they kept saying it over and over. They thought they were very clever, <laughs> but it was 2004, so you know. Yeah, it was a different time. So, if you finish high school because you need a high school diploma, and you take the ACT, then you have the choice of going to a vocational school, as Chris said, and that's just basically where you learn like a trade. So. These are, uh, like, I guess the list is endless, but it's something, like, hands-on. The the first thing that comes to mind would probably be something like a plumber or, like, an electrician or someone who installs, like, air conditioning units or maybe, like, a welder. Like, those are, like, very hands-on jobs. And so you go to a vocational school for that. Um, those cost money, but I think it's, like, a lot less than, like, a college. Um, and you're not there for very long. You're only, I think you're only there for like a couple of years, but that varies on, uh, that depends on like where you study, like what you study. I knew plenty of people who went to a vocational school and they're very, and they're very reasonable. Yeah, definitely. But when I was a kid, I didn't think of it like that. I was like, Oh, they're going to a vocational school. They must not be very smart. Like I'm going to college. Like I'm the smart one. And um, that's how I thought when I was like 17, um, because like everyone's supposed to go to college. That's like what you grow up with. And if you can't go to college, then maybe that means you're just not very smart. Um, which is not true. Obviously that's not true, but that's kind of how I thought. And then I met these people well, later. Uh, go on. I was going to say in our lifetime, the prices of col- the price of college has exploded. Yeah. Um, I saw some numbers the other day that were like, well, if you win it this time, it would absolutely be worth it. You're only going to be making maybe five to ten thousand dollars more a year, uh, but you're going to pay off that degree real quick. Now it's not worth it. And yeah, that's the trade-off. So to finish out the story, so like I met a lot of people later who went to these vocational schools, and they're like, "Oh, I earned this much." I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, that's not that bad." <laughs> and obviously, it's about the money. So I'm pretty sure you've heard this. It's yeah, college is expensive. You're going to pay like thirty, forty thousand dollars, um, which is actually kind of cheap um, <laughs> for college. But you're going to be earning a hundred and twenty thousand dollars as I don't know, as as an executive assistant or something. And so you'll pay off your degree in five or six years, and you'll be made. Uh, but I don't think that's really true anymore. Um, I don't think anyone can really afford college. No, and, you know, the 
And the fun thing about student debt in the U.S. is because of the way it was set up, um, you can file for a type of bankruptcy and pretty much get out of any type of debt. Uh, the one you can never get rid of is student debt. Is that because it's federal? I don't even think it's because surely there's other types of federal debt. Uh, yeah, it's... I, they specifically made a carve out that student debt... Hmm cannot be you can't wash it away with a bankruptcy if you if you owe you owe and you're gonna owe until you pay it off yeah so for for those so for those who don't know like if you're bankrupt that just basically means that you have so much debt and you make so little money that you can't pay it off um and then you have to file for bankruptcy yeah that's 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 the crux of it is that not all debt can be just washed away by just saying i'm bankrupt (laughs) uh it doesn't it doesn't unfortunately work like that uh but yeah so for people who do go to college though who think that this is my life's goal like like what options do they have like financially what options do they have financially (laughs) yeah like how like how do people generally like pay for college uh well you know first it depends how ambitious you want to get like if you want to stay in an in-state school or, you know, vocational, like, we're talking reasonable tuition, um, there are lots of scholarships you can apply for as a high school student to start, you know. And they're not they're not huge. They're not going to pay for the full ride, but you can start, you can start setting yourself up. Um, there were definitely people when I was in high school, felt like the, my entire four years there, there were people... St- always working on scholarships and they were just collecting them and they were doing community service things and they're like oh i'm an athlete i can get this i or i'm an athlete that has good grades so i apply for this or i you know i volunteer with Mm -hmm. animals or you know i work at this you know i work at the food bank you know all all these things it was all just and it adds up and it's worth it but i mean that that'll make a significant debt other than that um I mean, you could get that, a, a real athletic scholarship where, uh, you know, if you're like a, a top prospect and schools are going to scout you, which depending on where you live may or may not really be an option because even if you're like a top athletic specimen, if you're going to like a small like C, C division size school, mm-hmm. like high school, your coaching's not going to be very good, so you're not going to stand out very well, and nobody's really going to come watch. So that's always kind of an uphill battle. And then, then of course, there's... And I feel like we always used to hear this as kids, but I've, I never hear about it anymore. There's like, oh, so-and-so got a 1600, the perfect score on the SAT. Yeah. They, ha- they have all these offers from all these schools to come and get a full ride. There was actually one kid... Uh, Um, I went to high school with who I I used to kind of a friend of a friend situation. He was like a genius. He got a perfect score and he ended up like studying at Brown in the summers during high school. And he went and worked at Google. Like, I don't know what he's up to these days, but like real, like real genius stuff. Like he was, he was that guy. And uh, I'm sure he, I'm sure it worked out fine for him. Yeah. (laughs) I remember. Yeah. I had, I I think everyone had like those couple of kids. Like I guess the, the quote unquote whiz kids, um, for like a very, uh, for lack of a better term, pretty old term. I knew one. 
I went to high school with one kid too who was super athletic, pretty scrawny, so he just did like marathons. And he got like a he did the ACT. So the SAT has a different scoring system. So I think they go by like hundreds. So I think it's from zero to sixteen hundred, like you said. And the ACT goes from zero to thirty four, thirty five, maybe. And he got a perfect score. And I was like, oh my god, like he must be like a genius. Um, but it's they're like not necessarily smart, but it's it's a multiple choice test. So if you study for it, <laughs> I mean, you could pass. I was just lazy. Um, yeah. And well, and also there's uh, I don't mean to toot my own horse so much, but there are some people that are just very good at multiple choice tests. That's true. Um, like. I remember when I was in high school, there was another standardized test we took. I, I th- it was more, I think it was, it wasn't something that you sent off to college. We were sophomores. It was more just like, hey, here's what you might be suited in. And I remember scoring higher on like the mechanical engineering stuff, despite not really knowing anything about it, than my friend who was like studying to be a mechanic. Mm. So it was like... You know, there's there's a certain strategy for taking multiple choice tests or mentality for it. And once you dial that in, they're so easy. Have you heard the myth? So it is a myth that it, on the ACT or like the SAT, if you don't know the answer, then you should always pick C. Have you heard that? I, I don't know if it was an always, but I feel like everyone always says for any multiple choice test, if you don't know the answer, just pick C yeah, and move on. Yeah, so uh, because like statistically, you have a 25% chance or 20, depending on how many letters you have. Most multiple choices go from like um, at, like A to D. Uh, and some of them have E for none of the above, <laughs> which I always thought was pretty mean. Um, but yeah, I was always told if you don't know the answer, just pick C. And uh, I don't know if that's ever helped me, but yeah. So yeah. So like I said, or like we said, if you want to go to high school or go to college or university, you have to take the ACT, SAT. And as Chris said, you can get scholarships. That was the first thing that like my parents told me and like my counselor, um, start looking for scholarships. And my question was, well, what kind of scholarships? It doesn't matter. And there are like there are so many websites, and there's a scholarship for like pretty much everything. Um, there's probably a scholarship for people, for people named Chris. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> and so you you find the scholarship online, you send them an application, and they'll say like, oh, okay, we'll send you three or four hundred dollars per semester for three years or something. Which is definitely not enough to study. So you have to get like 10 or 20 of them. Um, I was way too lazy for that. But I, I know that some people actually did pay for the schooling like that. What I did was a Pell Grant. I don't know if you've heard of that. Uh, I, I've definitely heard of them. Yeah, so I think Pell Grants... It's called a Pell Grant because that's what the guy's name was. Something Pell. I, I don't know what his first name was. And he created a system for people to go to school even though they're poor or they can't afford it. And I think pretty much anyone gets a Pell Grant. It's like one of the easiest things to apply for, but it's not a lot of money. 
it, but it was enough money for community college, which is where I went. Um, but had I gone to like a university where they want $10,000 a year, there would have been no way I've been able to pay for that. Unfortunately for like our, our international listeners, you can only apply for a Pell Grant if you're an American citizen. I don't think, I don't think like, um, people from abroad can apply for it. Um, but does doesn't really matter. I think people studying in the U.S., someone's paying anyway. Um, oh, right. Oh, you know what? You just reminded me of something I haven't thought of in forever okay. that I think is uh, very, very relevant to what we're talking about. So this is mm-hmm. uh, years and years ago. I, I was actually applying for a, for a position in a grocery store, but it was like, uh, you know, like a fancier grocery store. And I ended up doing my interview with the store director. Mm. And we talked for like an hour. This this place is, was weird. It was like a 60-question application of like, oh, what was the last thing you cooked? How would you have made it better? You're stuck on an island for a year. What <laughs> what three things do you want with you? What book do you... Like, it was... It's like that kind of place. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and this guy was talking to me about how uh, if you... So he got a culinary degree, but he got it in Spain. And he's like, whatever you do, if you ever, if you take anything from, from our time talking today, if you're ever going to do something like that, just go study abroad. It's way cheaper and it's way better. Yeah, it definitely. Uh, for those who don't know, like culinary is like stuff has to do with cooking. Um, yeah, definitely. So, um, what? A- and then towards the end of my interview, uh, the department manager for the department I was applying for which they had a job posting on their website for. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, do you need someone? He's like, no. <laughs> Great. I'm glad we spent all this time. Yeah, uh, I've had that happen to me too. Uh, yeah, study abroad. That's uh, People always ask, like, oh, like I want to study in the U.S. Um, and I really want to, I don't know, I want to study in New York or something or Texas. And I always tell people don't. Um, is, unless you come from a family that has money or you have a scholarship, I would not advise people to study in the U.S. Like, financially, it's just not worth it. Um, here in Germany and in most European countries, this isn't, this isn't anything exclusive to Germany, but you'll pay anywhere from 200 to $500 per semester here uh, in Europe. Except for England. England's also super expensive <laughs> um, for whatever reason. Um, whereas in the U.S., I don't know, like a community college is the cheapest option. And you're still paying a couple thousand dollars per semester. Um, and if you go to university, then for your whole degree, you'll probably pay like thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000. And that's if it's cheap. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And honestly, these days, unless you're going for, like, a traditional, like, high-paying position, like a, a doctor or a lawyer or something, yeah. that there's, there is 0% chance you are getting into without, like, eight years or so of study. Um, two-year community and vocational degrees seem the way to go. Yeah. Um, those, <clears throat> with how bad wages have stagnated in this country and how fast inflation is climbing, honestly, those are the positions that seem to be paying better. And uh, something I noticed from my my first time at like a traditional college setting and then returning 
to Lake of Vocational. So I was studying programming. Um, but the, but the place I went to, you know, they had auto shops, they had, mm. uh, server rooms for more, you know, uh, system management kind of things. And they had like drafting classes, like everyone there felt like an adult with a purpose. It wasn't like, I initially was just an 18 year old kid that went to college cause you're supposed to go to college. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I think that w- uh, go on. Uh, we'll come back to that. I'm sure I said something dumb. But uh, when my second time, it was like, everyone here feels like they have a purpose. Everyone's like, I am studying this because I want this job that pays me. And all the professors treated you like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very, no, it, was a, it was a much better environment, I feel. Anyway, go ahead. No, I think you touched on a very good point, which sums up half of the episode, which is I feel like a lot of people in the U.S., and this is, at least for me personally, true for a lot of people I know and knew, um, that they just went to college because they didn't know what else to do with their life. And everyone's like, well, you finish high school, and then, okay, so you go to college. And I think for a lot of people, once high school comes to an end, you start having, like, an existential crisis. Like, you don't know what to do with your life. Because up until that point everything has like been just given to you basically in terms of what you're supposed to do, you know, just get up and go to school and you do that for 15 years. (laughs) And then you're like, Oh God, I don't have a plan. So I'll just go to college. And I think college and by extent university is just, are just full of people who don't know what to do with their lives. (laughs) And I was one of those people. (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know what they say, if you don't know what to do, you join the military. (laughs) Well, no, no, like, in, in when you're in college. No, what do they say? Just get your generals out of the way with. Oh, yeah. But the generals are just high school part two, and then at least for me, that's when I, like, lost all interest, and I started skipping class, and then I ended up just quitting, but, like, I, I don't know. I think it's a poor idea to enroll without a goal in mind. Even if it's just, like, I want to be, I want to be in a scientific field. Mm-hmm. That's something. Like, you don't need to know exactly what you want to do, but just, like, you have an interest in something and you can pursue it, great. Yeah, and just a lot of people don't. A lot of people go for, like, liberal arts. I think that's the thing people get made the the most fun of for, which is, like, oh, I went to, like, college for, like, an arts degree, um, and now I have $30,000 in debt or something. Um and there are, there's always, like, a list of things, like, you should never go to college for. Me being naive, I assumed that if it's at a college, then there must be, like, a market for it. But what a lot of people don't realize is that the college is the market. So a lot of the colleges and the universities in the U.S. function very much like businesses. So if they notice that there's some desire in society for people for people to learn like a certain skill they'll offer that as a degree but that doesn't mean that you're going to find a job in this field you know if universities could then they'd offer a degree in like elf hunting or something (laughs) but but that doesn't mean you're going to find a job in it um and that's like a very fatal way of thinking people just assume if i study at a university i'll find a job and in some countries it does work like that I know, for example, in Japan, it works like that. So a lot of people will, will just study in 
so like Japanese people will study, they'll do the degree, and then they have at the end of like the school year, there are always like these huge hiring waves where companies will just hire people. And then it doesn't really matter. Um, whereas in the US, we don't have that. So once you finish your degree, um, that's when the fun starts. <laughs> and that's when you have to pay your debt back. That's when you have to find a job. Um, so I guess one last point I wanted to touch on. Um, I guess I, I assume this is true in Montana as well. But um, I think most Americans use like the term college and university interchangeably, more or less. So they use college for pretty much everything. A hundred, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, if someone says like I'm going to college, that doesn't mean that it's actually college. <laughs> it could be a university, um, but not the other way around. So I don't think anyone says I'm going to university, but it's actually a college. I don't know if I've ever heard that. Um. <laughs> right. But also universities have colleges. Like you'll go on a campus and you'll like, you'll see a sign that like, oh, that building is the College of Law. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So, um. We just like, we really like abusing that word. Yeah, it's, the word college is really, is a very broad term for anything that comes after high school. Um, I guess one last point to to sum to sum up the main form so you have community college you have college and you have university and it's you're i'm probably not doing them justice but it's really easy to tell them apart community college is a place you can go to after high school to do some kind of degree you can pretty much do anything at a community college um and that's not super expensive and as Chris said, some universities have their own form of colleges. Th that's a bit, let's a step up from a community college in terms of the prestige, what they, what they offer as degree, and how much they cost. Well, the, the way they use it is just department, basically. Yeah. Like, it's the law department or the medical department. Like, it's... That, yeah, that's true. That's forgot about that. Yeah. Um... College also in terms of, like, department. And university, I would say, is, like, the ultimate school form in the U.S. And I think most people only go to universities because of, like, the name. Like, because it's, oh, I studied at this university. Because we have, like, elite universities in the U.S. Um... And so if you say, like, oh, I studied at Harvard or Brown or Yale or Princeton, that that has some sort of authority to it. Just the fact that it's a university sounds more prestigious, I would say. Yeah. And, it, and it's a fun word to say. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you, and again, like, which, by the way, this is minor gripe before we end. This is... Uh, because there are so many, and I still don't understand how this works, <laughs> and I've been exposed to it my entire life. So we'll use Montana as an example. Uh, the main campus, and I might get these backwards, but I think I have it right. The Montana S State University is in Bozeman. The University of Montana is in Missoula. Mm -hmm. And they have, you know, they have auxiliary campuses, like Billings has a Montana State campus, but... I hate that so much. They're everywhere. 
it's just backwards and I hate it. It's it's the worst it's the worst. It's the worst way to name something. Yeah, but uh community colleges are very, very or colleges in general and universities, the naming is very confusing. Alright. Well and then there's colleges with fantastic names. Like just like in Omaha there's a university called Creighton. That that's a great name. It just sounds like a place. Really? I didn't know. Yeah, my, my, my uncle graduated from Creighton. So it, it happens to be out the top of my mind. But uh, I don't for for example, like name places places <laughs> instead of just going backwards. <laughs> I don't know all the colleges and universities by heart. But yeah, so uh, that's it for today's episode. That's all from my side. I don't know if you have anything else you want to add before we hop off here. Uh, no, I think we covered everything. All right. Thanks so much for listening and uh, take care and see you in the next one. Bye. <laughs> Bye. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope that it was informative and that we were able to expand your worldview, even if only just a little. We always welcome feedback, comments, and constructive criticism. If you'd like to provide us with any, please reach out to us at our Discord or email address, both of which will be listed in, in the description. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.